Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ivelisse, a.k.a. La Sicaria, a.k.a. the baddest bitch in the building from Lucha Underground, and you're listening to the Oversell Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 112, and we are talking TLC and everything in between. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I am Mike. I'm Dan. And we are here to talk some professional wrestling, and we've got a lot to talk about. So let's go. We'll do housekeeping um, a little bit later. Uh, Dan, up there on the other side of Tennessee, you guys had a very special independent wrestling show recently where... I think if a lot of promoters out here in Memphis went out there, they'd learn something. So why don't you uh, tell us what you had? Yeah, um, I we Innovate Wrestling, um, formerly NWA Smoky Mountain, uh, now Innovate Wrestling, and uh, Pro Wrestling South and Evolution Championship Wrestling uh, all got together for one event. And uh, they had uh, New Jack and Crazy Steve in. Mm-hmm. and uh, they were involved in the main event of the evening, which was a War Games match. It's the first time I've ever seen an independent promotion put on a War Games match, which is pretty cool. Um, and the cage, you know, um, I can only compare this cage to basically Hell in a Cell without a roof because um, it was pretty stout. Um, a lot of guys kept getting thrown into this cage, and it would get, it had a little give in it, but it did not give a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so there, this this cage was a massive contraption and everything, and was well put together. And uh, I actually, you know, got to hand it to them; they built the cage pretty good. Um, a lot of promotions don't put a lot into cages, but uh, this one, this one was built pretty stout, and you know, held up to the torture that it was getting all night long. <laughs> so, but. Um, <clears throat> There was a, there was a good card in all. Um, we had um, there was supposed to be Jimmy Rave. Uh, I think was the only person that didn't show up that was advertised for the card. Um, but that that match was still a pretty good match. Um, it was an Innovate Wrestling Contenders Ring match, which basically it's uh, you know it it puts you in a number one contender contention pretty much. Uh, you work your way up the ring and you work your way into contention for a title. Um, <clears throat> the, since Jimmy Rave didn't show up, that match turned into Caleb Courageous versus Axton Ray. That was a great, great match. Um, if you've never seen Caleb Courageous, um, in action, it's like watching, you know, like a highlight reel and, in, in super fast motion. Um, he is, he's, he goes 90 miles an hour. Um, great worker, uh, really puts a lot into what he does. Um, and Axton Ray, uh, one of the young guys around this area, um, up and coming guy, uh, he, he goes just about the same speed. Um, so these guys were pretty evenly matched and everything. Uh, Axton, uh, took the win and everything. Um, let's see here. Let me bring our card up and 
we also had, let me see, just give me a second to bring the card up here. <laughs> um, we had a four, a fatal four way um, for the innovate wrestling United States championship. And see, that's, that's the thing was the innovate wrestling. Um, all of the titles are us titles. It's not like it's considered the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title and then you got the world title or whatever. The U.S. title is considered the world title for Innovate Wrestling. Um, so they got the Innovate Wrestling U.S. title, then they got the Innovate Wrestling U.S. tag titles, and they have the Innovate Wrestling U.S. television title. Um, the Fatal 4-Way was Bullet Club member Chase Owens. Uh, versus Devin Driscoll of the Illuminati, who's uh, kind of been really running roughshod over guys lately, um, their little group and all. And um, we had Toby Farley, who has been the interim uh, U.S. champion. Uh, this was going to be undisputed. Whoever won this match was going to be undisputed uh, U.S. Uh, champion. And uh, also we had... Uh, closer Jeff Conley. Um, he's with a, a group called Rogue Six, who's like a freaking pack of hyenas who come out to the ring every time they come out. There's like six members to this group. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, um, See, that's that not the match, gimmick. That's not the gimmick I'd give a guy with the closer. I'd have him hit him on women all the time, and just well, yeah. and just close I out. I guess with so. Women. It's like a wingman. <laughs> <laughs> he's just the closer. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the spoiler had the wrong gimmick the, all those years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I think, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. It's more like a hitman gimmick, really, you know, because um, he was uh, he was in a tag team when I first started working for uh, NWA Smoky Mountain, and it was uh, the Hardliners. Um, and I can't remember his partner's name right now. I feel bad about that, but um, they were a pretty good tag team. And, uh, they did, they, they, they were doing pretty good for themselves. And then, uh, Jeff kind of broke off on his own and all, and, uh, you know, and then, uh, the, the result of this match was, uh, Devin Driscoll, uh, of the Illuminati. He actually had, uh, Austin Tyler Morris, who's a member of the Illuminati was hiding under the ring. And so when they shut the cage, you know, it was a two on three advantage, you know, for uh, Devin Driscoll, it was like all everybody for themselves, except for Devin had had some pretty good help going for uh, from uh, Austin Tyler Morris uh, during his uh, during his uh, run for the title there. So he had a he had a little bit of an advantage, had a little bit help, a little bit of help inside the cage there. Um, we had uh, Impact Wrestling stars Crimson and Jax Dane who uh, go by the Veterans of War in Impact. Uh, they were facing the other two members of the Illuminati, uh, Jordan Cage and Chris Richards. And Chris Richards, Chris Richards is a pretty big dude. Um, and, you know, Crimson and Jax Dane are muscular guys. Uh, and they got to throw in, there was one point during this match uh, Jordan Cage isn't a very big guy, so they they lifted Jordan up pretty easily, <laughs> and Jordan went over the top rope, and Chris kind of missed catching him, 
and it was a splat noise on the floor when uh, this happened. Uh-oh. So, and you know, it it kind of it looked like Chris was supposed to catch him and kind of you know guide him down, but instead. Jordan Cage kind of hit the cage and the floor at the same time. <laughs> so that didn't sound good that at all. Me and about two other announcers were at the announce table, and we we all three looked at each other, just gritting our teeth, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> when that happened. So, but Jordan Jordan turned out to be okay after it after it all happened and everything. So it was it was good. Um, so, but. Um, the start of the match, they kind of singled out Jax Dane outside of the cage and wouldn't let him get in. I think Devin Driscoll and Austin Tyler Morris were actually jumping D- Jax Dane like every time he tried to get up and get into the cage. And um, <clears throat> so that's, that left Crimson alone with Jordan Cage and Chris Richards in the ring. And finally, uh, Jax Dane was able to get into the ring, get into the cage, get into the ring, and it was all pretty much uh, downhill from there for the Illuminati. They, uh, it was only a matter of minutes after Jordan, or, or actually uh, Jack Stane and Crimson were together in the ring that the match ended. <laughs> so they had kind of a uh, gorilla press uh, into a Samoan drop. They gorilla pressed Jordan Cage, Crimson did, and he landed on top of Jack Stane in kind of a Samoan drop position, and then Jax threw him up again, and they landed into 3D. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, that won the match for them, uh, the Veterans of War and everything. Um, there was a Evolution heavyweight. It was supposed to be an Evolution heavyweight championship match, and it turned out um, it was Jeff Storm who was the champion, and he, he's got a manager called The Rev, and there was Jamie Gibson who came out with his wife, AJ Gibson. And it was a dog collar match. So, and this was the first, I think this was the first ever dog collar match I'd seen live actually too. Um, just, that is just such a, um, what's the word? That's just such a lost match. Yeah. Like we were saying yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a, it's a lost match. Not too many people do a dog collar match anymore. You know, and of course, I mean, like the ones, the ones that you remember, you know, the ones that uh, are embedded in your mind, like Roddy Piper versus uh, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, you know, mm-hmm. uh, ones like that that are just classic matches and everything. So um, this wasn't that, but <laughs> this wasn't this wasn't that on that level, but it was good enough, you know. Right. Um, the stipulation added to the match, since it wasn't going to be a heavyweight title match, was that if Jamie won, then AJ got five minutes alone with the Rev, who was, you know, Jeff Storm's manager. And Jamie ended up winning, and AJ got five minutes alone with, uh, with the, uh, with the Rev and all, and, uh, did their thing and all, and, uh, for five minutes, she got to beat up on the rev. So <laughs> that was pretty cool to watch and all. Um, <clears throat> had New Jack there, had Crazy Steve there. We were, uh, you know, I didn't get too much. I didn't get to talk to New Jack too much. Um, he was he was busy uh, selling autographs or talking backstage and all, you know. And uh, the only time I really got to talk to him was uh, he was walking past me and he saw me. And I had the microphone in my hand. and goes, are you the announcer? I said, yep. 
And he says, would you please announce that New Jack is in the building? And I go, and I turned it on, and I went, New Jack is in the building. I was like, all right. I did what he asked me to. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I've seen what you've done before, and I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do and nothing else. And <laughs> please don't hurt me, you know. Uh, so... <clears throat> The final match of the night, like I like I said before, was the War Games match, and uh, this one, you know, it had all the all the original WCW rules to it. The only thing missing was there wasn't a second ring here, and there wasn't a roof on the cage. Uh, we only had one ring, we had one cage, no roof on it. That was it. Um, and we were we were running through everything like normal WCW rules and stuff. That reminds um, me of the old uh, an old cage that. Um Memphis would use. I think they used to use a cage that didn't have a top on it. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think the one that you're thinking of actually was made out of wood too, wasn't it? No, it was. I think it was chain link. It was. It was chain link. Yeah, it okay. was. The, it was when um, Austin Idol and Tommy Rich shaved Lawler's head. Yeah, yeah, that yep. one was metal. That one was. I metal. remember yep. that one. Yep. That one was way back when. I remember there being a wooden one too, and I remember it breaking at some point. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that one. So, but anyway, um, this match was Team Pro Wrestling South, Team PWS versus Team Evolution, Evolution Championship Wrestling, and uh, there was a lot of there was a few guys I had seen before. Uh, Wayne Atkins was one of them. I like watching Wayne Atkins. He's got a good charisma. He connects with the crowd pretty well. Um, the other guys, I it wasn't um, too much of me. I wasn't able to watch them. I wasn't able to watch the match too much. I, I I was told what was supposed to happen and all, but me and the main head booker were backstage pretty much announcing wrestlers every two minutes, and it got to be a kind of an ordeal when we did that. So it kind of took up much of our time doing that, and we I honestly it was like the main booker was watching what was going on in the match, and then he was telling me to announce, you know, the next person. So, <clears throat> and at the same time, we're both keeping time. So <laughs> that was kind of nerve wracking, but you know, mm-hmm. you don't realize it when you're out there as a fan and you're watching all this going on is like, this is all the stuff that's going on backstage to make this happen. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was actually pyrotechnics there too. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was, uh, they were shooting flames up from, um, these flame boxes that they had put in front of the, uh, entrance, uh, way there for the wrestlers to come out. And every time, um, if not every other time they were going out, they were lighting those flame boxes up, and it was you could feel the heat off of them and everything. It was pretty cool. How was so, the uh, how was the turnout? The turnout was okay. Um, the building was not full. Um, I would say half to three quarters full. Okay. You know, um, they did the the promoters did tell me they expected a better turnout, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, that's not to say that was anybody in particular's fault, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen for you. But they did have a good turnout. That's Don't good. get me wrong. That's good. It was The building wasn't empty. You that's know? always good. They had they had a really good turnout. And plus, on top of that, it was a, it was kind of a benefit show for the rescue squad over there. Mm-hmm. Um, the I think the fire department was kind of in the same building that we were, and that was kind of a benefit show for them. It's like some of the proceeds went to them. So <clears throat> there was an incident at the end of the night that I have to mention, though. Um, there was a heel turn at the end of the night. Uh-oh. 
and these I, I was kind of I was kind of confused on the whole war games thing. It's like I thought one person was supposed to come out at a time. At the end of the night, the last the last people to come out were these three this group of three guys called the White Trash Millionaires, and I couldn't understand why three people were being let into the match at the time or whatever. Um, that but you know heel turns being heel turns, you know I'm pretty sure we all knew what was going to happen as soon as the heel turn happened. So <laughs> so but anyway. <clears throat> You, you've got to love professional wrestling. The white trash millionaires. White trash millionaires. Where yeah. else are and you going to hear that kind of shit? Uh, <laughs> that's the first time I've ever heard that's of That's hilarious. Too, so. I'm pretty, but, sure, you know, and I'm pretty sure it's a rap group. And here I'll say Memphis. this before, before I continue on to what actually went down. Um, everyone on this show was professional. Everyone was was professional top to bottom. You know, I, and I even I even walked up to Crimson and Jack Stain and I, I shook both their hands and I said I, I told them both I enjoyed watching them because they you know, they put every they put everything they've got into what they're doing. They're making a living out of doing this. They've got to. So <clears throat> but what happened at the end of the night is these white trash millionaires guys come out. They were evidently face and turned on evolution championship wrestling and made it to where Pro Wrestling South team won. Well, that was okay. Well, then all of a sudden, they were supposed to get on the mic and cut a promo. And I'll say this much. If you can't get on the mic without cussing, don't <laughs> grab a mic, okay? Because, you know, not only are you representing the company you work for, but this was a this was an event that was representative of two other companies that were working in conjunction with the company this guy was working with. But it being what it was, you know, it was a war games match. I can understand how emotions run high and everything, and all of a sudden somebody gets loose tongued or whatever. But this guy got let loose with just a foul mouth tirade. And there's kids in the crowd. There's families in the crowd, you know, and they let loose with just a foul mouth tirade that, you know, and finally, um, innovate wrestling promoter, Tony Givens comes back and he, he says, cut that, cut the, cut the guy's mic off now, cut the guy's mic off now, you know? And we, there was a sound guy that was back there that knew the soundboard better than I did. And he cut the guy's mic off. So, um, you know, nobody wanted it to happen. It happened. You know, and I'm sure the guy's probably kicking himself for doing it and everything. And it's not the first time it's happened at a wrestling show. I watched a video clip a minute ago of a guy that I've been running up and down the roads with forever. He came out cussing like a sailor at a show. And it was all because he was doing an impersonation of Jim Cornette. And everybody thought it was funny. Oh, it's great. But guess guess who's on the front row? Kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't get that. They don't get that you're doing an impersonation of Jim Cornette. Some ten-year-old kid's not going to even know who Jim Cornette is. So unless they got thing. the network and they've been listening and they've been watching The Vault for, you know, a month. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, it is what it is. And what I mean, I was actually even more impressed with what happened afterwards because, um. I got up and I told I I got Tony to the side and I said Tony do I need to go out and apologize for the language I mean that we can't you know we don't do that at Innovate I know that you know we can't have everybody cussing out there and uh, Tony said yes we do and as soon as Tony said yes we do Jax Dane stood up and said no I'll go 
I was like, wow, okay, you know, you know, you got you cover more credibility than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Jax Dane hits to the ring. He makes a beeline towards the ring, and um, we tried to give Jax a microphone. I, I'm not sure. I think somebody had even cut the whole sound system off just to make sure the guy didn't go on there and cuss again. But uh, the, for whatever reason, the microphones weren't working, and Jax, everybody got quiet. The whole arena got quiet and was listening to Jax Dane apologize for the language and said that was not professional. That's not how Impact Wrestling does it. That's not how I do it. That's not how Crimson does it. That's not how any of us do it at Innovate Wrestling. And, you know, said we, you know, apologize profusely, you know, and he and he said, please, for the love of God, do not hold Tony Givens or Innovate Wrestling responsible for any of this. <laughs> so... <laughs> That all went down at the end of the night, you know, and of course everybody's bummed because, you know, we were having a great night. Everything was going awesome. I th I thought the show was great top to bottom, except for the last five minutes. Well, they're white trash. And they didn't know any better. That's true. They don't know <laughs> no better. <laughs> all right. Well, so, we are. But, but oh, anyway, that's, that's. That's pretty much the whole show in a nutshell. I'm pretty sure I've missed probably one, maybe one match. Um, there that we did have an Escape the Cage Battle Royal, um, which DP Holiday won. I believe he's with uh, Evolution, and we had a TV title, Evolution TV title versus Career Match, um, Cody Ices, and it was. Oh, it was an Irish guy. It was a guy with an Irish gimmick, and I can't remember his name. Um, Carrington or uh, uh, Covington or Carrington or something like that. Um, but uh, both of those matches were really good. Um, the, the Escape the Cage Battle Royal happened at the front of the night, and I think it had probably 40 people in it, and it was just a mass of, a mass of humanity going in every direction all over that cage. Um, Nicole Payne who is a uh, constant uh, constant uh, talent at uh, Innovate. Uh, she uh, actually dove off the top of a ladder onto a group of guys down the low, and I, I worked out for that. Wow. So that was pretty cool. Um, but there was a lot of Innovate guys. There was a lot of Evolution guys in there. There was a lot of Pro Wrestling South guys in there. It was like an intermix of people. There's probably 30 or 40 people in, <laughs> in the ring and then the surrounding area. It was just it was crazy. So, But all in all, the show was great, you know. But just, just one parting little shot here is it only takes one guy with a microphone <clears throat> cussing to ruin an entire show. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break here because we're going to add someone to this Skype call. We will be right back. This is the Oversell Podcast. Welcome back. We had to add someone to help us talk about WWE TLC, and we're going to get to that in just a minute, but I wanted to introduce him. You can find him on Twitter at FreddieFelt313, Fred of the former Kayfabe Connection. Thank you for joining us tonight, man. It's good to have you back on the show. What up, though? <laughs> it, it is just—it's great. Say hello. That's um, how we say hello where I'm from. So here's a little teaser. Um, uh, Fred may be, um, if it, 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 you know, it depends on his schedule and stuff. But uh, we may be adding a little uh, a podcast once a week at the beginning of the week, and uh, it'll be Fred 
talking about independent wrestling. We're still working out the details and how everything is going to go, but we're excited for that. If we can get the ball rolling on it, I think it's going to be really fun because Fred really is one of the most knowledgeable wrestling fans I've ever talked to, and it's not just WWE or you know anything like that. I mean, he watches tons and tons and tons of wrestling. He's the wrestling fan I strive to be. I just wish I had more time to be it. <laughs> Dude, two careers and still juggling all the wrestling habits, you know, but um, I appreciate the compliments. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it started at a young age and, and, and you know, it's it hasn't stopped. So <laughs> it's well, a train keeps rolling. Before we get to um, TLC, I went to a show up in Jonesboro, Arkansas at the world famous Earl Bell Community Center. At least that's how they introduced it. Um, and that's where whenever Memphis wrestling would run a show up in Jonesboro, they'd run it at the Earl Bell Community Center. And it was a good house. Um, had some local guys wrestling up there. First, Lethal Injection was defending the MACW Tag Team Titles versus Action Jackson. I call him Big Brad, Big Bad Brown. He's gone by several names, Mike Anthony. Uh, but we have new tag team champions. Off one of the after one of the Lethal Injection guys uh, jumped off the ring, voided a tag. And Action Jackson and Mike Anthony are your MACW Tag Team Champions now. Dirty Little Dave, and this guy was has been wrestling for a very long time, took on Max Stone. Max Stone got the win in that one. Did, Dave, did, have you ever met Dirty Little Dave? You mean Dan? <laughs> yeah, um, you Dave. said Dave, oh, have you ever met Dave? Yeah, like, Dan, oh, have you ever met Dirty Little Dave? <laughs> I probably have. Okay, you can't miss um, him. I probably he's know a, he was by sight. I've never wrestled him before. He's so. he's this little old white dude with a big head. You couldn't miss him. <laughs> <laughs> he he almost is like a uh, an old Mister Mackey. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we had Idol Bane take on Johnny Premier for the MACW Heavyweight Championship, and Idol Bane got the loss there. Johnny Premier is still your. Tag team champion, and then it got to the main card, which was everyone was there to see. We had Brandon Baxter and Coach Mike Bellato, who was the Arkansas State men's basketball coach, taking on Derek King, who is never going to retire, no matter how many times he says it. <laughs> yeah, and our friend of the show, Randy Hales. Yeah, Randy, Randy. Hales when he performs is so damn smart what he is just he gets how to make a crowd cheer and it's actually his hair randy's hair was on the line in this match um uh at some point coach Bellato is about to get the win and some random dude i don't know if it was a student that got flunked by a coach or something like that hit mike <laughs> Bellato with the chair Derek King get, or randy hales actually gets the pin and walks off thinking he's triumphant and that he's not going to get his head shaved and the commissioner for MACW came out and said, no, 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 let's restart this match. Brandon Baxter and Coach Mike Bellato get the win. They shave Randy's head. And mm -hmm. it was great because the whole Arkansas State men's basketball coach, all their coaches were holding Randy down as they shaved his head. And it just goes to show Randy knows how to tell a damn story. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, Later on, they didn't shave his head completely. They took him in the back, and they finished shaving him back there and then brought him out, and the coaches carried him, and he's kicking and screaming as only Randy can do. And, you know, he's just he's just a skinny little pencil-neck dude, but, I mean, he mm -hmm. he, he just gets he gets storytelling and wrestling. And he's when it comes to that stuff, he's just so smart, and it's very it's, it's pretty cool to see. 
Uh, Doug Gilbert took on um, superstar Bill Dundee. Uh, and this is going to be, uh, this is a comment I'm going to make right now. And it's not going to be popular for anyone that listens to this podcast and Memphis Wrestling. But it is time for Bill Dundee to hang it up. <laughs> and and I mean that in the nicest way. Bill Dundee is a legend when it comes to Memphis wrestling. Him and Lawler tearing down the Mid-South Coliseum. Ye- decades. Decades, decades. But the guy can barely move anymore. Um, you know, he can't. He hardly takes a bump. He can't take a bump. I don't know what would happen if he did take a full bump. Um, you know, and I heard stories of recently few years or a couple of weeks back that he was in a match and something happened and he got his bell rung and all of a sudden didn't know where he was anymore and when it comes to stuff like that that's scary yeah, and it's just unsafe yeah and it, for you know him and whoever he's in the ring with right um and it, yeah i just i i hate to say it now doug gilbert still is doug gilbert still has his baseball bat you know he looked great had a they had a as good a match as they could have had with Bill Dundee barely able to move in there. Bill Dundee got the roll-up off of off a sloppy roll-up. And, yeah, that was that match. Then we had... Uh, uh, just just hold on one second. Hold on one second. Because okay. you, you got to get my reply to this. Cause yes. You, yeah, you were yeah, talk, yeah. We were talking offline that you you might get a fight out of me on this. But I I think I'm going to surprise you on this. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bill's birthday was yesterday. I want you to guess how old he turned. I mean, he has to be 70-something, right? He's he turned 70. Wow. I was yeah. about to ask if dirt was a number. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, hey, I got a mic going after him, but I'm not going after him. That's hilarious. So, yeah, I just, I just think it's time. It, it's, it's, it's just time for the guy to hang it up. I mean... Is, if you're barely, I able- would ag- I would agree with you, you know. Um, but you know, it is a person's choice when they decide to hang it up. I, I completely you know? agree. Completely agree. You know, I think there would still so. be a good benefit to have Bill Dundee in wrestling, but as far as an in-ring performer goes for any company, I don't think he should be working anymore. He could still be a manager for someone, or something along those lines but as far as him wrestling man it, it, it and it was kind of sad to see just growing up watching bill dundee all those years yeah. uh after that um austin idol was at this show tommy rich was at this show wildfire tommy rich got a picture with him got some autographs from austin idol tommy rich bill dundee very nice guys tommy rich was very approachable but after that um austin idol came out to the ring Got on the mic and said, I'm just here to watch. I'm not here to participate in any sort of way in this match. And he sat out in the corner and watched as Jerry Lawler took on Tommy Wildfire Rich. And let me tell you, Tommy Rich ain't no spring chicken either. <laughs> he is he is about like Bill Dundee. I think it's time for, for him to hang it up. It looked like he was barely getting around the ring. And, you know, it, you know it's bad when they're making Lawler look like he's, you know, 40 years old. <laughs> And it's been a long time since he's been forty. Yep. Well, you uh, gotta we gotta remember Lawler's the only one who's never touched drugs and never touched alcohol. That's true. That's, that's true. true. That's true. Um. So yeah, that uh, in the match, Austin Idol eventually came into the ring, and a couple of times he handed Tommy Rich a chain. So they are still buds. Remember, remind you, these are the guys that shaved Lawler's head in the Mid South Coliseum with Paul Heyman collecting the hair yeah. things and putting them in a Ziploc baggie. 
and uh, Memphi- Memphians were climbing the cage, and police had to pull them down off the cage <laughs> because they thought, you know, their hero was getting his head shaved. And so Austin Idol eventually gets in the ring, throws the referee out, and Tommy Rich and him proceed to beat beat down on Lawler. Well, eventually, Coach Mike Bellato and Brandon Baxter come out to even the odds a little bit, and Bill Dundee comes with them. And watching Bill run, it, it almost made me want to cry. <laughs> at, or watch him try. <laughs> he moved. He moved really fast in the same spot. If you know what I mean. <laughs> poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. So basically, you're saying he's still on his way to the ring. Yeah, right he now. still is. He okay. still is. Oh but my god. Overall, very fun show up there. The Memphis led. They, they do that. It seems like they're doing this every year. Um, I was. It's too bad WWE had their pay per view this weekend because then because they got to get downtown Bruno on one of these shows too. Oh yeah, yeah. So speaking of WWE TLC, that was this weekend. Holy Lord, was this pay per view up and down in my opinion? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that it, it. You can't blame. Well, you can blame viral meningitis, very serious disease, affecting two performers on the show. So they had to. Make some audibles, which I think they made some damn good audibles. Oh, yeah. But um, oh, yeah. let's go through the uh, card real quick. Mike, you got it pulled up? Got it pulled up here. Uh, actually going to start off with the, the kickoff match because I actually did watch it. It was amazing. Yep. Uh, Sasha Banks defeated Alicia Fox. I'm guessing I'm the only one who watched that match. I I, I was I watched it a little bit. Um, I it like was, it was a solid match. Yeah, and I like I like Alicia Fox. I think mm-hmm. that she's way too underrated as a character. She's a former champ. Yeah, yeah. But her character is great. The the just unstable. N- yeah, completely unstable. Not completely there, and just goes into fits. It's it's very entertaining to watch. Yep. Fred, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. The pizza arrived as soon as that match came on. <laughs> it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. So, uh, my, my buddy came and ding, ding, doorbell rang as soon as Sasha Banks was coming in. I was like, man, my mind is on this pizza right now. Um, but I, I know in all seriousness, I did watch it. It's it's weird how up and down they've been with this whole women's revolution thing and how how far removed they are from that at this point you know um it doesn't help when the title has been hot potato the way it was with charlotte and sasha but since that feud sasha is i mean she had a mixed tag with 205 live people it's like they have no clue uh what they're doing with sasha right now and and all praise to alicia and getting her shine for the first time in like nine years but uh, she's got a new shirt too but it's it's just kind of interesting how to play armchair booker i I don't get i mean we'll get to the thing that i don't get (laughs) about them but i don't get what they're doing with sasha banks like what's the end result what's what are what are they leading up to with her i don't know so it was an okay match it's just i'm more puzzled by the booking and, and where sasha banks is going because i'm i'm truly a fan and uh i'm i don't know it's just I have no clue what they're doing with her right now. I hate to be the guy that all is going to bring it up, but would a heel turn help Sasha? She is a heel. Like, she's naturally a heel. That character is not a face. Mm-hmm. She's the boss. She's better than everybody. She, like, she wrestles circles around everybody. Her hero is Eddie Guerrero. Like, she, she, she should be, a, just like Charlotte, like, 
Charlotte and Sasha should never be babyface. Ever. Not going to agree to that. I agree to that. Dan, what are your thoughts? I'm in total agreement there. Um, you know, the the Sasha character especially uh, is never a face. You know, it just doesn't work for her. Um, you know, I didn't watch this match, but, you know, I'm with you there, Fred, on how are they booking this women's stuff and everything, and where does Sasha fit in? Um, you know, I honestly think there's mixed emotions uh, going into her booking, you know. Uh, I think, you know, half of the half of the creative staff is with her and half of them are not, you know. And if you, have, if you don't have everybody on board, you know, then uh, you kind of get what we're getting. We're kind of getting Sasha half the time, you know. So I think that's kind of plays into it, you know. Um, but you know, I'm I'm a fan of Alicia Fox's too, believe it or not. Um, I I think I said last week I met her backstage and she was really really cool to me. Um, you know, talked to me for a few seconds, a few minutes, and um, you know, uh, down to earth gal. You know, knows what it takes to get you know over with the the product and everything. And she's she's been around a while, yeah. you know. Yeah, she has been she around has. a while. She, um, she she still needs to learn when you can pin somebody and when you can't. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but but I like how they played that off. They played it off that she's just so crazy she forgot. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I still remember when Cameron tried to pin someone with their chest were, to the when mat. They were face down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do it. She yelled at the ref. Do it. Yeah. He's like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Next match. Oscar defeated Emma. That I found it interesting that they let off the pay-per-view with that match. Taken for a better for, for lack of a better word, an unknown um Oh shit! I, I had a great word, and anyway, an unknown commodity, mm. and they don't know how she's going to be on the rain roster, and yet they let off the pay per view. That was kind of ballsy by the WWE. Now, mm. in my opinion, from what I saw of this match, in my opinion, this is and people are going to label me, <laughs> oh, you're just WWE hater. <laughs> that Emma got just a little too much offense in. That's just my opinion. I, me, I would have booked a 10-second match. I remember you telling me that several times in an episode a couple weeks ago. I would have I would have had her kick the shit out of Emma and then get out of there with that, that but, smile. Could I piggyback off your point, Derek? Go ahead. Because you raise a great point because you're a great wrestling fan. <laughs> uh, this is the problem. This is the problem where you have one brand, NXT, where everything feels special. Everything feels special. Matches are contained within an hour weekly episodic show. They're pre-taped. Yeah, we get it. But you don't see the same people every week. Yep. You might see Aleister Black once in November on NXT tapings and then see him at the takeover. So Triple H gets it. It's an idea of making people special. And I'm not backstage, but I mean, <laughs> if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, right? You hear all these stories about there being kind of a struggle of, you know, one ear uh, trying to go to the boss and go, hey, uh, maybe we should try this. And then others, uh, you had brought that point up earlier, but they they have no idea how to take something special and then preserve it on the main roster. It's like immediately once they get it, it turns to shit. And we've seen this 
on many levels, not all, because Kevin Owens, they've actually done a great job with him. They haven't ruined him as a as a, a tenured Kevin Steen fan. That was a huge reservation of mine of, oh, God, they're going to make him the good humor ice cream truck guy or something on the main roster. He's been a champion for most of his tenure in WWE. But you see people like Bailey. How do you screw up Bailey? Like, that's dummy proof. That is foolproof. They found a way. way. This is your life, Bailey. This is your uh, this is your career. So they found a way to screw up Bailey. And you can use other examples. Look at Nakamura. Nakamura and again, armchair booker. But to, to piggyback off your point, the same thing happened to Nakamura in his debut match. If you remember at Backlash, his match against Ziggler went way too long. Yep. And yep. Ziggler got mm. way too much offense in. Now, Nakamura doesn't feel special. Nakamura just feels pedestrian. The and that's an ongoing issue in WWE. Same with Asuka. I mean, look at Raw. If you watched Raw, she just felt like another person on the roster. Which, you know, it. I, I saw, um, I was, there's a guy, uh, I think it's at Rasslin Mark on uh, Twitter. And Sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and he, he, we all, we always have some great discussions because that's what we like to do. We like to discuss. I'm not going to jump on the guy for his thoughts he had, but we're going to discuss. And he, um, his response about Oscar is she never built anyone up in NXT, and like that that's not the point. Her point of her character, her character was, by damn, when she was on NXT. You're going to pay to see her destroy somebody. And it's not mm-hmm. that simple. I mean, it is that simple. On the main roster, you want to see Asuka come out and destroy somebody. It's like what they did with Braun Strowman. They built him up wonderful, wonderfully. He came out and kicked the shit out of anyone that was across the ring from him. It's that simple. You do the same thing with Asuka. If you don't want, it, if you don't want Emma to look that weak, then why are you debuting her against Emma? Exactly. And we see exactly. We see this with Finn Balor with getting squashed by Kane. What was the point of him in his previous match, which we'll discuss? No spoilers. But what was the point in that? Yeah, we'll get to that. that. Mike, what's your point? I'm going from the other side of this because the way, you know, Raw, SmackDown, you know, WWE in general wants you to view NXT. They're a separate company. They're the, you know, they're. Younger guys, younger talent, typically. I mean, yeah, they bring in, you know, seasoned veterans from other promotions and all. But, I mean, that's kind of their their startup league. And they really, basically, I think it was Michael Cole that actually said it during the match. And this really, like, made sense to me. They treat Raw and SmackDown as their top tier. I mean, everybody's, in, in WWE's mind, every wrestler's goal in life is to get on Raw or SmackDown. That's where the elite are. That's where all the competition is. Man, there's so many jokes I can make right now. <laughs> oh, I so know. many. I know, I know, I know. The elite is not even wanting any part of Raw. Right. Anyway, anyway, continue, continue, continue. But that's WWE's mindset, and that's right, what they right, want everyone right. to believe. Right. So having Asuka come up, like Michael Cole said, you know, the competition on Raw and SmackDown is supposed to be and is, you know, way different than NXT. I mean, this is the big leagues. So they shouldn't, you know, somebody just showing up from NXT shouldn't have it that easy coming in to the to the main roster. See, I don't like that thought process. Um, you have 
Asuka, who's already beaten a lot of people that are on the main roster. Let's Nia Jax. Well, we, Nia Jax is on her leave of absence, but right. Emma, she's already destroyed Emma. Uh, who else? Dana, Did she, Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. Uh, Bailey. Dana Brooke isn't really anything, no. I don't know why they brought <laughs> yeah, her. She's on, the main, she's, on, <laughs> she's on the main roster, remember? Those people are elite performers and yeah. are above the NXT uh, uh, level. Well, that so. was just a major fuck-up on WWE's part. She shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd see if you... I don't know if I like that as an argument from the WWE. I know that's right. You're right. You're, you're using the WWE's logic, and yeah. I don't. I don't know if I like that because you have a performer here that's Oscar's a special attraction type of thing. Right. Having her not look, look you know, like she was. It, granted, she got the win and everything, but they can make her. They, it's not hard to make someone like her look dominant. Right. It's not hard. She should be look all this Sun Tzu built up. She should have an answer for anything Emma should have done to could have done to her, you know all this Sun Tzu art of war stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for it. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um. Well, you gotta you gotta look at it uh, too. The from my point of view, anyway. Um. I have not watched the last two pay per views. Said that during the last episode here, right? I haven't watched the last two pay per views. You know. I just haven't been interested in. I watched this pay-per-view, okay? So what I got out of that match was yeah. Emma was Emma was freaking on display really. Um as much as Oscar was. So I I liked the match, you know, um and it was going to it was going to be one of two things. It was going to be an even Steven match like what we saw and the back and forth with with Oscar getting the win, or it was going to be a ten second destruction. Right. You know, um, it was going to be one of those two things, uh, with Oscar getting the win. <clears throat> so you know, I think they needed to display what Oscar could do, and at the same time, uh, give Emma a little bit of a chance too. Um, it was a good opener match too. You know, you're opening the pay per view with it. You don't want destruction right out the gate on this pay-per-view right so uh, could we you say want, you want to get the fans up and out of their feet and you want to get them into the show and i think that match got them into the show so, so it was a good lead-off match i liked the i liked it you know it wasn't what it probably wasn't what we would have booked but it worked so it was know? a mistake putting them as the opening match then no it was not a mistake of putting them as the opening match it was it was good booking that you know because there was there was nothing to this match it was just the debut of Oscar, okay and we've seen a lot of debuts at at pay per views and everything hell Fandango debuted at WrestleMania you know so I mean it served its purpose I think it was a good opener for the pay per view uh, booking wise you know it was an exciting match the way that the match was booked I didn't expect it to go the way that way I expected a like a whole lot less offense and and like you said um a whole lot more answering what uh, Emma was doing out of Oscar you know but it didn't work that way it was more of a 50-50 match you know and I think it elevated both girls to be honest yeah but because the, Emma was on her game yeah, well but see that's the you, you could have done that with two other women then and had Oscar just destroy somebody because Oscar has to uh, to me 
And Fred, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Oscar has to come out of the gate hot with her main roster debut. She had to come out of that debut hot, just like a with the fucking M80 up her fucking ass. <laughs> I, and I, you know, I don't know, Fred. Am I wrong? If it, if it were me, I would have had Oscar. She has to come out of the gate super hot. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it should have been a five-minute match. I mean, there should have been some kind of, you know, foolery on Emma's part to try and, you know, take the cheap route to uh, to try to answer some stuff. But um, I, I just, like I said, you, she's undefeated, and she comes to the main roster, and it's, oh, we're going to have, you know, what was the match time on that? Anybody know offhand? Eight minutes probably, right? Like eight probably. or nine minutes, I would imagine. Probably eight uh, or nine. It, it felt it felt like a a longer match from women's standards, which is good, but not for a character like Asuka. And I'm not saying it should be Goldberg Hugh Morris, you know, but if she's coming in undefeated with all this hype and then Emma hangs in there with her, then what was the point of what they've built for the last two years with her on NXT? To me, it's you don't need to have uh, a back-and-forth match for someone that you've built of this caliber. She's not an everyday women's wrestler. She's different. She's special. And it just already, you could see just from the, like that's immediately what I thought was Ziggler Nakamura. It's the same thing. Cause now Nakamura lost his luster. Same thing with Asuka. And that just goes to, I mean, going back to Antonio Inoki, how WWE books, uh, foreign wrestlers, especially Japanese talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've you had some special talent that you've squandered away. Um, and even people who have had tryouts and stuff. Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, was in a tryout, and they passed on him and went with some guy. I can't even remember this guy's name. Uh, he, he, who's that guy? He's just a legend, you know, in the Mount Rushmore Japanese wrestling. Yeah, I mean, the guy that carried New Japan Pro Wrestling on his back for years. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have that Asuka and Emma match went nine minutes and twenty six seconds. Yep, there you go. Almost a full ten minutes. That's yeah. just too much. That's yep. just too much for that character. You know, a what cruiserweight is... tag match went less time than that. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, I think I think we summed it up. Uh, the majority of us, excluding Mike, because Mike Mike is weird. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just, no, no, I'm no, just no, no. giving the opposite <laughs> viewpoint. No, you're, you're taking, yeah. you're, you're, def- you're not defending the WWE. You're just giving us what their my thought process. I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, so overall, I think for me it was a disappointing debut for Oscar. All who agree, say aye. Uh, I don't think nah, it was disappointing. I wouldn't say disappointing. It just I wouldn't underwelming. Have underwhelming. 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 Yeah. Okay. Under- underwhelming underwhelming debut. Underwhelming. Uh, I'll like, go underwhelming. Mike, next match. The Cruiserweight Tag Match. Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan defeated Gentleman Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick. The Brian Kendrick. Honestly, I, I, I think I this was a match I kind of checked out on. It was actually a pretty good match. Okay. I'll let y'all talk about it. I kind of checked out on this one. <clears throat> I love heel Jack Gallagher. Yeah. He's That's really great. turned it up, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just... <laughs> You know, uh, a lot of high flying on this one, you know, um, dives and whatnot, which what is what we're supposed to see out of the 205 Live guys. Right, right. Oh, and, you know, good finish, too. So I I enjoyed this one. I I, I think it uh, 
you know, and the, the crowd was into this, you know, a lot of times uh, lately I've seen like the cruiserweights just kill the crowd, you know, like the crowd just did. Oh, it's the cruiserweights. That damn you know? purple rope. <laughs> yeah. And they put the purple ropes up. Everybody sit on your hands. <laughs> got to go get a beer. Hold on. Yeah. So, but no, I, I got to say the crowd was hot, you know, and they, they were enjoying this match too. So, you know, I, I, I got to say these guys, uh, these guys turned it up, and I enjoyed watching it. This, for me, was a proud PWG fan moment because watching Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan tear it up over there, and, and of course, Jack Gallagher and, and Brian Kendrick, but specifically Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. Um, and I can't tell you, I went to numerous ROH events where I saw Cedric Alexander have a crazy match with AJ Styles. I uh, saw him have an amazing match with Kevin Owens. Um, Kevin Steen at the time, I saw him have an incredible show-stealing match with Michael Elgin, like match-of-the-year contender that nobody saw um, at AAW here uh, in in Illinois. Uh, He's an incredible wrestler, Cedric Alexander. And Rich Swan has the charisma. I mean, he doesn't have the wrestling prowess that Seti has. But is is it bad to say, like, I want to see Seti and Rich Swan maybe go to SmackDown and be a tag team there. Like they could have some great matches with the uh, Alpha 2.0, uh, Usos, New Day. I mean, you could have entertaining matches with those two. That kind of brings up a topic too of when do the 205 guys break away from their purple shells, <laughs> if you if you will, and yeah. uh, kind of branch off and get away from that stigma that is 205 Live because that that's just an example. I think they could be a great tag team away from just the 205 stuff. Just ask Neville. He'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, that, and that, and that's, you know, you were saying break the 205 Live shell. I don't think anybody can because I think <laughs> that's why Austin Aries and Neville left. They were like, why am I on 205 Live? Oh, okay. Is this all you're going to do with me? I'm done. Which, you know? I'm, and I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna uh, say this before Fred does. Thank God Zack Sabre Jr. and Kota Ibushi did not sign with the WWE. Yeah. <laughs> is that Fred? Yeah, they're already, they're yeah, already that's, saying that's that, um, you know, Cody Rhodes is making more money than he did with WWE. You know, well, that's, shows. that's just, you know, that's just, if you make a name for yourself on the independent wrestling scene now, you don't need to go to the WWE to make money. You, now, uh, uh, the only time you'd go to WWE if you're, if you're tired of being in, you know, Japan or, which I think that's a lot of the reason why AJ Styles signed. He was tired of being in Japan overseas all the time away right. from his family. And I'm sure he's making a good chunk of change with the WWE as well. But yet these days now, if you make a star of yourself going to PWG, AAW, you know, um, Evolve, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I don't call a New Japan Pro Wrestling and an indie ROH, if you make your name in those doing doing that, you're going to make tons more money. And it's mm-hmm. it's easier nowadays to make your name in those because you have access to those other promotions now. Yep. You know, and, 10, and 15 at, yeah. years ago, you couldn't. Absolutely. Yeah, and you look at the merchandise hustle, too. I mean, look at what uh, the Bullet Club's doing right now as far as merchandising goes. Uh, say what you will about them, because I see all types of people, oh, they're spot monkeys, or oh, this and that, or oh, a match that 20 people saw in a bingo hall. Yeah, but there's thousands of people that are leaving the bingo halls and going to Hot Topic at the mall uh, mm-hmm. that's 
nationwide and they're breaking records they're breaking sales not at wwshopzone.com or at a live event like people are going to a shopping mall which is hilarious because <laughs> brick and mortar and like <laughs> you know like the little mm-hmm. like we're at a time of amazon click click boom but people are getting off their ass and actually going back to the shopping malls to get this clothing. It's sold out everywhere that and, I go here. And not only mm-hmm. are they going to a mall, but they're That's going incredible. to a not only are they going to a mall, they're going to a hot topic in a mall. Oh yeah. So they're yeah. they're, they're seeing they're in there with the little goth vampires there, and you know the little goth vampires are buying. But, yeah, that's no, no worse than that. These tween vampire kids that love their Twilight are also leaving the store with a Bullet Club shirt. You know how great is that? And, you know, let's look at another guy, which you know a lot of people I love to hate on Joey Ryan. That guy is making so much money in merch sales and working shows that. He wrestles a twenty-minute comedian match with a comedy match, which saves his body yeah. from taking t- tons and tons of abuse, so he can get to the next show pretty much unhurt. And he's making thousands and thousands of dollars selling his merch. I mean, yeah, his, yeah, his dick does all the work. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, it's it, it's it's incredible. Anyway, we digress. Um, where are we at on the card now? Any other thoughts on the cruiserweight tag match or moving on? I'm ready to move on if you guys are. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Next match, Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss defeated Mickey James. How long was that match? Anybody know? Let's see if I can get Yeah, that. I got 11 and a half up. minutes. Exactly, yep. Hmm. 11, 11 minutes, 23 seconds. Not too bad, I guess, for a pay-per-view with, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I stand on this match. I need to. This is a match I need to go back and watch again. It was Alexa Bliss, so I enjoyed it. But I, I really yeah. think, though, like, I think this would have been a good time for her to drop the title. You know, Mickey James, they, they could have run with that for a little while. I mean, at least a couple months of, you know, it's it would have been her, what, seventh championship reign? Yep. And, you know, they, they could have milked that for a little bit and then had, you know, Alexa maybe recapture it later on down the line. But then again, they're, they're really behind Alexa. They... They obviously love her as as the heel champion, and she plays it perfectly. Well, so wait, wait. They're booking to their champions or one of their performers' strength. Hey, WWE, do that with Sasha Banks. <laughs> Make her a heel. I like to point out that Alexa Bliss was just a manager in NXT for the most part, too. Right. Yeah. She didn't have very many singles matches. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, I went down to Florida years ago when all I, you know, all of them were there. Everybody, Finn, Hideo, Neville, Sammy, everybody was there. Um, and she had like people were making fun of her hair because you know the blue stuff that you clean your toilet with. She had like the little <laughs> blue ends on her hair, and so people were making jokes about that. And she came out to like the little, you know, the little twisty box that girls have where it plays the little, you know, girly song and everything like that was her theme song and she comes out and I'm like, huh? (laughs) She actually worked a match and she did that sparkle slam sparkle splash. Was it? That was cool. So you're like, Oh, she has a gymnast background. Like, "Eh," you know, they, she has potential. And that was like the lasting memory of man. I remember that. Cause you're right. I mean, every, every other time I saw her at NXT, she was bringing out Blake and Murphy. Mm -hmm. Uh, How far she's come. She's one example when people go, oh, NXT is a bunch of indie guys. They don't really develop talent. You got Baron Corbin on the men's side. 
whether you like him or not, he's a star on the main roster. And then on the on the women's side, you have Alexa Bliss, somebody who she's just a gymnast that nerded out over it and jumped into it. Mm-hmm. For me, that's someone in the entire company, both male and female, that is the one person in the company that has taken their opportunity and ran with it as far as really reaching their potential. Um, I think it's pretty remarkable what she's done to not only just get on the roster, but really be the face of the women's division. She's the best talker. She's yep. the best heel. Uh, that's always a detriment to the the four horsewomen. None of them can really talk. None of them. Uh, and so respect I, to them. And, uh, well, I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit. Charlotte, I think, has improved her mic work Yeah, a, a little yeah. bit. From when you would hope so, based on who her father. Is. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, t- go <laughs> yeah, take a couple of improv classes, and you, anyone can improve their speech, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Johnny Mundo. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was an all right match. Mickey got on the mic afterwards and said she's going to be a champion again. I want to see her get that Not seven, that number number seven title. But I, and I like it that they're keeping. They're not hot potatoing a title either. We're having actually having a long title reign. I know, oh, yeah. and oh, I know yeah. you and I both agree. Absolutely, long title reigns are the best because you you want to qu- see somebody chase it. Right. It's all about the as chase, quick, baby. <laughs> as a quick aside from what we're talking about, the post promo, uh, post match promos that they kind of come back to every once in a blue moon. Does anybody remember the Vader Kane match where they went mask versus mask and Vader yeah. lost? And he's pretty much shooting on himself after the match. And he's like, I'm just no, a, a fat piece of shit. Like, did Vince really go up to him and go, hey, you're um, you're going to put over Kane, and uh, I want you to shoot on, on yourself uh, after the match. So that, uh, make fun of it. What? How they misused Vader, uh, who could have been, who is one of the best monster heels ever. How the WWE mm-hmm. misused him is almost criminal. Well, blame dickhead HBK cross-eyed fucker. Michael. <laughs> 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 That's another topic for another day. That's another topic. We, we can go ahead and move on to the next match. WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. Enzo defeated Kalisto. Why can't they keep a title on somebody? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where's the Jesus button? Jesus! I don't have the iPad up here. I'll do it. <laughs> Jesus! My God. I am so... Why? 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 If you're going to have Enzo win this match and get the title back, why did he even lose it? I, grant, I don't... It just doesn't make sense to me. I think numbers mean a lot to WWE right now for some reason. They like saying, okay, he's you know, a four-time champion and she's a six-time champion, even though it was all within like two months. They want, I don't know. All those kayfabe titles, brother. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just almost like Vince Russo booking when they do these title changes like that. I didn't even pay attention to that. All I was worried about was what the hell was Enzo wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dan, 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 Dan. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I think this is another match I kind of checked out on, so I'm going to have to ask you guys to carry me through. Mike, what do you think of it? I mean, it was okay match. I mean, you knew going in that Enzo was going to regain the title. I mean, because, you know, apparently Kalisto only won it because it was like Eddie Guerrero's birthday or something, and they just wanted 
to get a cheap pop off of you know Latin Pride or whatever. Wow. But uh, a side note on this, something I wanted to bring up to you. I don't know if you knew about it or not. You know, during the match, uh, Enzo now he does the the wind up punch that Kushida does. Oh, he he, he stole Kushida's move. <laughs> what a fucking the, asshole! The funny thing there about that stealing in pro wrestling, it's borrowing. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing about that is uh, Kushida actually tweeted about it. He you know just took that little <laughs> gif of it and Kushida, which is great because I know it was lost in translation. All it said on there was "What a fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, well, I, oh man, I I love Kushida. I love uh, I just love him to death. But it was, I mean, it was an okay match. I mean, it was middle of the card, so it was, know, a, beer, it was a beer break match, kind of. Yeah, it was a beer break. Oh, Enzo is coming up. Let me do it. Let's see. Let's do his little entrance real quick here. Okay, and and we're gonna go get a beer. And I don't think the entrance works if he's a, supposed to be a heel. He shouldn't be. You, doing you it. shouldn't do he, that. You shouldn't come in with the. The two or three minute, you know, play to the crowd promo, even though you are kind of cutting them down, it's that thing gets a pop and heels shouldn't get pops like that. I completely agree. I completely agree. He does, he he does, he's doing classic like heel this. finishes, too. I'm sorry, Fred. Oh, I was just going to apologize for that background noise. I'm having a kennel from hell match here. Uh, <laughs> no. I've got the window open. Back. Just like the Punjabi prison, we're bringing back the kennel, kennel from hell match. <laughs> my, my dog has never realized or has never noticed or has never been in a room with a window open. So she like, if someone drives by, she's like, oh, rawr, 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 as soon as the, yeah, it's like, it's just, it's just a car driving by. Windows open. Deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> dating, dating. So what what I was saying was uh, Enzo Amore is just doing classic heel finishes, which is awesome. You know, you don't see good classic heel finishes. You've got an eye poke. You know, that's the way he beat him at for the title. Yeah, you know, you know, and um, you know, I I see I see Enzo as the classic heel out. You know, uh, for WWE as far as. You know, as far as the cruiserweight titles going, I see a lot of guys that are going to face Enzo, and Enzo's going to just win in cheap ways over and over and over again until somebody finally gets one over on him. So, uh, Dan, I, I got to uh, ask you this: as a former professional wrestler, mm-hmm. how would you react if Enzo in a match put a guy, let's say, in an in an abdominal stretch, and while mm-hmm. the ref wasn't looking, he grabbed the top rope for that, you know, and and the the uh, f- the face did the big sell of this is hurting a lot more now would would that excite you to see that kind of stuff again and why don't they do it anymore they don't do it anymore because they don't think it works you know um classic finishes like that and classic moves like that you know it's a thing of the past to be honest um and pro wrestling may have possibly evolved past it you know uh, as far as WWE is concerned, as far as, you know, going down to the National Guard Armory and seeing it, you're probably going to see it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't know? tell you the last time I saw um, in any match that I've been to, whether it's that committed to wrestling, which we have a show coming up Friday. Be sure you're there um, or at the or at NXT or anything on television or anything. I don't see 
you know, you just don't see heels cheating like that to get the upper hand to to cause more damage on their opponents. Case in point, this week on on uh, SmackDown, we're going to digress just real quick here. In the Sandy, Sami Zayn-Randy Orton match, Kevin Owens comes out and distracts the referee, and Randy Orton, the baby face, does a nut shot on Sami Zayn. That's com- mm-hmm. that's that's ass backwards. Well, Eddie Guerrero used to do that. Eddie Guerrero is an exception. But if you want Randy Orton... <laughs> that was the end of that conversation. If you want Randy Orton to be a baby face, he should not be hitting people in the balls when they're not looking. And it, it, uh, and it also gives me another reason to say it, how much I fucking hate Randy Orton. <laughs> you know, I, I love the... Yeah, don't you dare say nothing about Eddie Guerrero. Well, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero was was the exception because it, now at first he was doing, he was cheating and he was still a heel, but then it became beloved. But Randy right. Orton, they're not trying to make a character like that, so for him to hit a hit a heel in the balls just doesn't it just doesn't make it damn you know, sense he, to me. He is technically a face right now. Orton is, but and he's a bitch. Always, it, it's always good to see. A, a face get away with a heel move. Yeah, no, I I don't. Now, if he did it all the time, yeah, it would be a problem. But I mean, you know, a one off like that. He's still a bitch. Yeah. He's just a bitch. <laughs> and he did. He, I, Steve, here's what I saw. Randy Orton didn't want to take the loss from Sami Zayn, so he became he pulled that little bitch finish. Fuck him. I hate Randy Orton. Anyway, next match. <laughs> Fuck Randy Orton. <laughs> Anything else you want to share? Fuck Randy Orton. Next okay. match. <laughs> <laughs> the demon Finn Balor defeated AJ Styles. Holy shit! Two Match guys. The main event of the show. Yep. It, two guys that even on a fucking audible can come in and tear the fucking house down. And they gave them all the time in the world. That match was eighteen minutes and fourteen mm. seconds. Yeah. And if your complaint was, well, there was just no build, so it's hard to get excited for the match. They told their fucking story in the middle of the fucking ring. Yep. And that's the best kind of storytelling. And they did that with this match. I loved every minute of it. Uh, it was just from head from opening bell to closing bell, best match. Holy shit! It was so great to see those two guys finally work together. Mm-hmm. What do you? Uh, we'll we'll start with Fred. This is always it's it's. It's to the point now, it's like the Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy album or like Dr. <laughs> Dre Detox. It's, it's, it's that folklore now. When the fuck are these guys going to join with Gallows and Anderson? Because it's not like they're doing anything right now. Like, it's just, it's gotten to that point now where the when they actually pull the trigger on it, nobody's going to care and it's not going to be special anymore. And I think um, it was I Gallows. I thought we were going to get some kind of tease in this match like at the end or maybe like in the last five minutes where gallows and anderson kind of come around the ring and they're cheering like maybe gallows is cheering balor and anderson's cheering aj and then they're kind of like oh wait a minute you know like even a tease like that and then they kind of just back up after the match while they do their two suites they kind of just clap and back up the ramp as they have their moment in the ring like just planting a little seed like that and then you know this whole show was uh pivoted on the idea of the shield reunion you got the shield reuniting before this show why not have the club reunite together maybe the next night on raw after they tease it on tlc and you have shield versus uh the club at survivor series 
because but that makes we would too all much sense. We, yeah. And I've never taken a bump before. And wrestling is like quantum physics; it's too difficult to figure out. So, <laughs> me, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> something logical that Dan, people would actually enjoy. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, about what? About Fred's booking, or <laughs> no, uh, about the Balor Styles match? No, no, uh, no. Uh, I liked the match. It was great. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, match of the night by you know miles. So yeah, um, and I did hear a side note on this that um, they're gonna save that demon Finn Balor stuff for when he's like in a major match on a pay per view. And if he's not in the in if he's not in the demon paint, then he's regular Finn Balor on Raw. Then yeah, he's gonna get crushed by Kane or whatever to get Kane over. Yeah, because that's so. how you, that's how you get Finn Balor over. He's the Horowitz Balor instead of the Demon Balor. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Mike, your thoughts? It was a great match. I mean, yeah, using the pun here, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was. It's proof that you don't have to have a feud in order to have a great match between two people. Because, I mean, yeah, everybody knows there was no build-up for this. It was just he was thrown in against Vin, and this is the match that, you know, thousands of people have wanted to see in WWE, and they finally got to see it without any kind of real feud or build-up, and it went perfectly. I agree. And I loved, uh, I think it was Gallows who tweeted afterwards. All he said was, Geez, guys, thanks for inviting us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, I think, phenomenal match. Best match of the night, easily. Uh, and then after that, we had, like, the, the quick Jason Jordan-Elias match because Jason mm, Jordan yeah. kept interrupting Elias, which I'm starting, the more and more I see of Elias, I'm really starting to like him more and more. I don't know, the guy's growing on me. He's great in-ring. I still really don't like the whole coming out playing the guitar thing i mean it's a great heel tactic you know it really gets the crowd you know going against him and all but i personally just don't like it so i wish he, he'd just come out and beat people up he's the exception to the rule of yeah you know a lot of the nxt guys they squander he kind of went in reverse like he really didn't do much for me in nxt and his tenure there was kind of short like how Apollo Crews was. And, ugh, don't get started on that. Yeah, that's, so, that's another podcast for another day. Right. But they, I feel like they've handled him from the jump on the main roster perfectly. With him just kind of randomly walking through like matches and stuff. Because mm-hmm. he is the drifter. I love this character. Like I, I, I'm not a fan of his work. I'm not like, oh, look at that you know, uh, arm drag that he just did. I'm not, you know. I'm not commenting on that. It's just him, his personality, his character. He he owns it. Like it's great. It's entertaining. When he's on, it's it's always like, okay, let's you know, this is gonna be funny or entertaining. It never fails. And in WWE, it's it's kind of entertainment over wrestling. Sadly, we got our wrestling match in the in the Balor Styles. So now you get your entertainment match. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yep, uh, good filler. You know, uh, they had the, what, the two segments before where Elias kept trying to play his guitar and sing and everything and kept getting the vegetables and whatnot thrown at him. <laughs> so, Bananas and, like, and And, you know, just a side note here, um, 
you know, they always leave vegetables and shopping carts in the back of arenas, you know, just randomly in the hallway for anybody to grab and walk out there and start throwing stuff. Don't they, Mike? Oh, absolutely. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I have to clean that shit up every night after a game. Yeah. You know, big food fight at the end of the night after every basketball game, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, which leads us to the main event, Kurt Angle, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins taking on The Miz and his crew. I don't, I'm not going to name them all because it's too many. Of them. <laughs> the Miz and everybody else that didn't wrestle. Half the roster. Now, you know the match probably is going to be a little weird when Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins come out. Kurt Angle looks like he's smiling like he's the lucky kid that got invited at the last second to go to a movie. You know, he's like, you invited me? Cool. He comes out with that big fucking grin on his face, and it's like, oh, here we go. Here we go. This or, is- you, or you invited your dad to the movie, but then you were like, no, you can't come because my friends are coming, and then you, you changed your mind and invited him anyway. You invited, so. that, you, you invited that awkward cousin that, you know, he's all right to deal with by himself, but when you get him around other people, he's just socially awkward. And it yeah. really seemed like, I mean, he was obviously, like, really excited to be out there. Like, you could tell yeah, he was yeah. truly happy. But, like, the first half of the match before he was, you know, injured and taken to the back or whatever, the entire first half, it, he looked lost. Like, yeah. they didn't tell him anything. They were like, okay, whenever we need a table, you just follow us around and give us that. Yeah. You, you, you get the equipment and give it to us, and you just stand off to the side. I got to say, Hold though. these two ladders steady while we jump off of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to say, though, he act, I thought he looked good in the shield gear. That's just me saying. I thought yeah. he looked. I thought it was pretty cool seeing Angle. Now, right. uh, now it would have been great if when he came back out when he got hurt, if he came back out in the Kurt Angle singlet. That's what I. That's what I said. I thought yeah. that too. But mm-hmm. other than that, this match was something. It, it was something just. It was kind of strange the way everything kind of fell out. And I was texting with some buddies of mine, and. Uh, I just I felt a turn was coming somewhere somehow, and I thought it was going to be Kane turning, but well, I guess kind of, it was, he had inf- influenced the turn because Braun Strowman's coming out of this thing like the biggest fucking baby face. Oh yeah, yeah, getting thrown. He survived death. Yeah, he. Well, actually, here's what I thought they're. Here's what I think they're going to do. The Undertaker is going to. Uh, rejuvenate or reincarnate or something, Braun Strowman, and that's our new Undertaker from now <laughs> okay. on. So, you know, imbibe his soul with the spirit of the Undertaker or some shit, you know. Because um, yeah. that's totally de- the WWE thing to do. But Braun's going to come out of this looking like a huge baby face, getting the fucking shredder at the end of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> movie. Um, Seeker of the ooze, baby. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Nash is going to come back in a Braun Strowman mask, and that's his new character. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was just, it was just, it had, the match had a very strange place and part, or strange pace. Part of that could be, like you said, Kurt Angle kind of lost in the first half of the match. I mean, it really, it really did seem like they just told him, okay, first half of the match, just kind of be out there. Yeah. Don't worry about doing anything. Just be there. And then, I mean, you know, when you come back out, that's when you're going to shine. But right now, just be here, smile, and give us weapons. Yep, that was it. Uh, if anybody's if anybody's curious, that match lasted thirty five minutes and twenty six seconds. Ugh. Yeah, that's that a, entire that, match. That's just... I thought when it got down to Ambrose and Rollins there for a minute, I thought at that point it, the match was dragging. You know, yeah, yep. they were doing a lot of double team moves to Ambrose and Rollins and everything, and they were you know they were doing the group beat down five on two. You know, they were doing the big heel beat down. So yeah. 
you know, but it drug. And I mean, it drug and drug and drug, you know. And then finally, after about 10 minutes of them five on two on them, they, somebody actually tried to pin somebody, I think. And I think it was Rollins was taking the pin and Ambrose w- walked in there and started hammering on whoever was trying to pin him and everything. And that got the crowd back a little bit, you know. And, you know, they had their moments where they were, you know, getting getting over on Mrs. Group and everything. So, but, you know, for the longest, it just, it just drug, you know. There was too many instances where the match just drug along, you know. And with with this much going on and this many people in the ring you can't have something like that just drag along you know uh there's too much that can happen there's too much that can be happening at the same time and i didn't ever understand why it was a handicap match to begin with you know <laughs> no, neither did we no well apparently i don't understand you know, why it was three on five to begin with because apparently know, like, at like some point they couldn't and... find two other people backstage that hated miz <laughs> Well, apparently it was because of Ambrose saying, you know, the Shield could take on as many people as was thrown at them. They could take on everybody, uh-huh. so they stuck with that. Okay. Fred, here's, what thoughts? You go ahead. That's I was about yeah, to ask. Yeah, here's the problem, and this is just history repeating itself. If anyone remembers the lovely brand split that we had from yesteryear, do you remember how shitty some of those shows were? Yes. Especially on the SmackDown side at times, where, oh, like, yeah. We're like Heidenreich is like in the co-main event. (laughs) My memory always goes back to the infamous cryptic, whatever, concrete crypt match between the Dudleys and the Undertaker, where Undertaker killed Paul Bear, which made no sense. Stupid finish. That was so dumb. But that goes to show like when your card is that weak and you have to rely on that, that's what you get. And, you know, it's fun for video games when they're like largest roster ever and all that stuff. But for one, you book it to where there's two unstoppable people and there's 97 mid carters. So you're basically setting the precedent for people to just not care about the 97 and just care about the two. But with this roster split, it feels just like the roster split of yesteryear, especially with this TLC pay-per-view. I mean, Hell in a Cell was fun. Yeah, I was there, so maybe it was more fun, and especially the the main event. But even that was kind of wishy-washy and kind of all over the place, um, you know, aside from the Hell in a Cell matches. Everything else was just kind of, you know, subpar. This is the fear of that now. You have mediocre pay-per-views that are very top-heavy, and the mid-card matches are boring, and the special, unique matches that you could put on, you have to fill three hours of programming on Monday and two hours on Tuesday. So there's those first-time matches or those special matches that have either been done already or they've done 17 times before the pay-per-view. That's why there's a problem in WWE right now. That's why you see the attendance the way that it is. And people can chime in about, well, they turn a profit and they make a profit. This is why people are losing interest in the product. And it's sad because I don't want them to fail. I want them to succeed. But this brand split, I'm not a fan of it personally. And it doesn't. Uh, And why would you? I got one more thing, too. Why would you call it a TLC pay-per-view when there's only one TLC match on the card? (laughs) And why? It was the only gimmick match on the card, period. Mm -hmm. It was the only gimmick match. Everything else was a normal match. Everything. 
it's kind of crazy to say, but the WWE has oversaturated themselves because <laughs> they're trying to, they do these pay-per-views or Sunday Night Raws, whatever you want to call them. They do them, you know, almost once a month. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an oversaturation <laughs> well, of the product. usually twice a month because of the split. Right, right. right. That's what it, yeah. yeah. Each each brand. Each brand has it, one a month. And it's like, that's why I think NXT gets over so well with their takeovers is because they're truly special cards that you only get four times a year, four or five times a year. Right. So that's it. Uh, that's See, all. Like, and like, and and back to my thing with the with the TLC name. I mean, was it like what last year or the year before we had tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs because there was that many gimmick matches on the car? Right. right. <laughs> you know, I mean that it just it blo- it blows my mind. Why would you even have it be the TLC pay per view if there's only one gimmick match on the whole card? So. And why have ladders when you don't have belts hanging above said ladders? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Why do you need them? Yeah. You don't need them. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I'm going to jump on somebody through a table. Screw you, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna. That's all I've got for WWE TLC. I think we got to – it's – it's. it was an all Man. right show. It, it was meh at best when, it, like, AJ Styles, with the exception of AJ Styles and Finn Balor, which was awesome. Overall, the show was eh. Yeah, okay. It was all right. Um, I want to talk about, before we get out of here, um, the big topic from the world of the WWE this week was the whole hashtag under siege. What it, we'll start with Dan. What do you think of the under siege thing? Uh, Under siege. Did, okay. Now, you got to remember, I don't have cable. I can't watch Raw and SmackDown. But I do know what happened. So... Under siege. Now, did they come back? I didn't get anything from SmackDown. Did they? Did Raw come back on SmackDown? And not yet. And, no. Okay. They didn't do anything. So they're gonna they're gonna wait and probably do that. You know, down the line here, but which is probably the smarter uh, play. Yeah, but they'll they'll probably either that or they'll they'll like totally pile up on them on Raw next time when they show up, because I'd imagine they're gonna try it again this week. Uh, this coming Monday. So, but you know, the Survivor Series, there's going to be, there's going to be two Survivor Series matches, one women's and one men's. Right. Correct. Is that, is that the way they said it? Yeah. Correct. Uh, correct. And then you're also going to have uh, champion on champion matches. Okay. Total fucking waste. Yeah. But But it's not, it's not a title. It's not a title for title. It's just a champion versus champion. Champion versus champion. Could they not have done like, you know what they could have done? They could have had um, SmackDown women versus SmackDown Raw, men just a random men's versus a random women's, and then a team of champions from each show, right? Taken on, so you had because the titles aren't going to be on the line. So you could have like Brock Lesnar, the Miz, and who's the and Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins taking right. on Gender and Corbin and the, the Usos. Usos. That would now that that why. Why do we think of this shit? Is it that fucking hard? Jeez. Well, all they did was they took the bragging rights concept and they put it plugged it into Survivor Series. Is yeah. all they did. So yeah, and, they, and, and they combined it with what? What did they have? Night of Champions. Yeah, where the, it was all championships. Were yeah, it's it's so stupid. Only they're not defending it's so stupid. them. Fred, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think <laughs> of the hash? Four. We're gonna take three pay-per-view concepts and tra- turn them into one. You guys won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna leave out the best parts of every one of those. 
Fred, Fred, what did you think of the hashtag under siege? I didn't watch Raw and SmackDown, and I'm not being pretentious indie douche or anything like that. I just I didn't watch this week. Um, but I did I I kinda I go through Monday night timeline now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can, hey. I can just get on Twitter for ten minutes and I know what happened on Raw. Right, right. I think it's I think it's cool because it is something different to see the, like an invasion thing and because they don't really have any other companies that they deem competition, although they like to sue people and say that they don't have competition. <laughs> different podcast, different story. That's right. But um but I, it is kind of cool to see them do it. Honestly, if they're going to do an invasion, I kind of want to see them have an NXT invasion. That would be cool. That oh, would be unique and special, yeah. especially seeing like main roster guys down in NXT on like a takeover, and you could do it for like a couple, like couple in a row leading up to like Mania or something. Like, I don't know. Just trying to think outside of the box. Right. But to me, that would be more special. But just seeing the same guys that were – Already on Raw or SmackDown at one point with the T-shirts on, like it's like, eh. It's I mean after seeing the Nexus and ECW invasion WCW, it's just dudes that are employed by them with different color shirts. Like it just doesn't. I don't know that next. You got going back to the Nexus invasion, man. That was awesome though. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite, well, probably one of my favorite Raws to go back and watch. Mike, what do you think of hashtag Under Siege? I mean, I like. I like the idea, you know, coming in and just, you know, SmackDown came in and just destroyed everybody. They just went room to room and took everybody out. My problem, though, is they picked the perfect night to do it. You know, there was no Braun Strowman. Yep. Bro- Brock Lesnar had already left. Samoa Joe's on the shelf right now. I mean, just those three guys being there, I think the whole night would have been totally different. And, uh, you know, you know Kane didn't come out. And, and that's, a, that's a great point, but that also tells a great story there in itself. Oh yeah. Um, one thing I liked is um, when they they the camera pans and it's like they made a couple of women look really weak, like Dana Brooke and a couple others. So when she saw that gang coming, she sprinted. was she was gone, man. She was fucking Roadrunner. Beep beep. Meow, yeah, gone. <clears throat> but then when they step up to Sasha Banks and who else was it? It was Bailey, Sa- Bailey and. Uh, I don't remember if Charlotte was in that or not. I mean, it was it was, it was real attacker, quick, but yeah, yeah, yeah but they, yeah, you yeah know, Charlotte, yeah. But they got, you know, they they weren't backing down, and then the women stepped up and they got their asses kicked. And right, I know um, Mickey James was in there. Yeah, it was Mickey Bailey and uh, Sasha. Yeah, and, but um, they didn't have Alexa Bliss. You know, on. Nia Jax isn't there. Right, Oscar uh, wasn't around. Yeah, so you know they kept a lot of people strong by not getting having them get their ass kicked either. So. But that's going to see whenever the brawl gets back, their attack back is going to be Braun Strowman. It should just be Braun Strowman, <laughs> yeah, <he's>, nothing else. <laughs> Bra- they recreate the Stone Cold return with Braun Strowman. <laughs> he's just doing, he just comes out and just, just wrecks everybody. Have any of you guys seen the picture that's floating around on the interwebs from the invasion, the under siege invasion? For, with Natty? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what, I Let's just oh, explain yeah. to the audience out there that hasn't been blessed with the. <laughs> All right. It was right when the the women were about to fight. They came around that corner, and Natty, Natty like kind of slides through everybody, and as she's kind of pushing her way through, somebody has just captured it perfectly. She just has her hand perfectly on Zack Ryder's junk. <laughs> 
and the, the face, the, face the, dude. The face he's His making, face it's is... like he he's a 15-year-old virgin that just saw boobs for the first time. I mean, he is way excited. Hey, she needs to be careful. Laura, Laurel Van Ness is not going to like seeing that. Yeah. That is very He has true. a look on his face like, I'm not happy about this, but I'm not angry about <laughs> yeah. it either. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get in trouble, but it's not my fault. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> Uh, there's only one other thing I would have changed about the reaction. Um, and when Sami Zayn comes out to <laughs> confront Shane or to talk to Shane McMahon after the first time meeting him after right. the cell, I saw it on the interwebs as well. I think I saw it on um, Reddit, uh, Reddit Squared Circle. Uh, but <laughs> Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn should have stood on the ring on or on the stage and said, "We tried to tell y'all Shane McMahon is a dick." <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and then they refuse that because they, they could tell that we refuse to fight for Team SmackDown. You right. know they could have done that one. That's that's really all I've got for this week, folks. I got a couple things. Oh, real, you got real let's quick do things. Let's do it. One that I definitely wanted you to to comment on. Randy Orton's a dick. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next. Uh, apparently, <laughs> your boy Jericho has made the comment that Kenny Omega is overrated. What do you think about that? Well, I don't know how many six-star <laughs> matches Chris Jericho had in his career, but this year alone, Kenny Omega's had three. So I think the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> now, I know Jericho, he had some great matches over there in Japan. Right. But when he was in Japan, I don't think people were going to Hot Topic to buy Chris Jericho shirts. You know, they weren't trying to, you know, stampede in the door at Ring of Honor shows to meet Kenny, to meet Chris Jericho or whatever when he was going through japan and all that right so but i mean chris jericho is somewhat coming from a different era right now or than now because the goal was wwe when chris jericho right. had his big run right now the goal to me from what i've seen and i'm not a professional wrestler but from what i've seen the goal is no longer the wwe the goal is to make money selling your t-shirts going mm -hmm. to you know having your pro wrestling tees.com shirt right and I you know I think Chris Jericho is kind of I, I disagree with Chris Jericho on this. Like I said, how many how many six star matches has Chris Jericho had in his career? How many has Kenny Omega had this year? Mm -hmm. Proofs in the pudding. Yeah, but th there's something more to this because Ring of Honor is actually sending wrestlers on Chris Jericho's cruise ship. They're doing um, a cruise next fall. Yep. And it's mm -hmm. Chris Jericho's cruise, whatever the name. I don't know the name cruise exactly offhand, but yeah, there's like metal bands and stuff and um, Ring of Honor's going to be wrestling there. So I don't know if this is just to kind of get eyes on the prize for him to sell a couple, you know, tickets for his cruise or what. But to me, that it just reeks of uh, like Stone Cold says, is that a work or a shoot, brother? Yeah, like right. that, that just seems like a work to me, like. Yeah, He's just I getting mean, people riled up and getting attention on it so people go and, you know, get stuck on this cruise with a bunch of loud, drunk metalheads, which sounds I, pretty fun. I may or may not have inquired about tickets on that cruise. <laughs> 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 what else you got, Mike? Uh, something else. Impact Wrestling has completely terminated oh, yeah. ties with Jeff Jarrett and Global Force. Yeah, apparently, you know, getting super trash and trying to wrestle impact didn't like too much so. yeah yeah but apparently now they're not 
tied with Global Force Wrestling anymore. So smart move on their part. They're going to have to change their title name again because their main title is the Global Force Global Championship. Yeah, well, they'll. So. I'm sure it'll, they'll do something very TNA <coughs> with that. And lastly, The Rock had a, a funny tweet in response. Uh, oh, to the wrestling ain't fake. Yeah, yeah. Fake guy. He was basically just tweeting to Kurt Angle, you know, congrats to my good bud Kurt Angle and his return tonight at, in a WWE ring. Special athlete, great human being. Have fun, brother. Then some comedian, Ben Pobji, or I've never heard of before, Dwayne, wrestling isn't real. It's time you knew. <laughs> Rock's response. He, you know, had the little laughing emoji and the clap. I like the dry wit. Correct. I do, in fact, know wrestling isn't real. That's why I said have fun. I also know you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, that dude really <laughs> instantly realized, like, oh, I fucked up. Because he yeah. backtracked mm-hmm. really quick on on what yeah. he was trying to say. Yeah. So. And he can definitely go fuck hey, himself. Hey, exactly. and, and, and whenever somebody says wrestling is... Predetermined. You're right. Predetermined. Uh, Fred, what do we say whenever someone says wrestling isn't real? So are movies and television. That's right. That's right. Um, that's all I got for this week, folks. Um, Fred, where can folks find you on social media? Uh, I will be on Twitter, uh, and you can reach me at, at FreddieFelt313. That's I-E, not Y. So always a good time on there when I choose to log in and, and make some commentary. <laughs> also, be sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow us at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. You can follow me. I am at Derek, D-E-R-I-C-K-O-V-E-R-S-E-L-L. At WolfMike23. I am at One Dangerous Dan, and I'm on Facebook, Dangerous Dan Matthews. Also, be sure to head over to our website, oversellpod.com, and check out the Amazon link while you're there. There's no extra fees or hidden fees. It's just you shopping on Amazon like you're already going to do. We just get a small kickback on anything sold through our link. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes. We are also available wherever podcasts are available. But if you're on iTunes, go ahead and give us a five-star review. That helps our rating and gets more exposure to this podcast. We appreciate it. Folks, you've been listening to Wait the... Wait a minute. What? Oh, fuck. I almost <laughs> forgot. As we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, guys, I ask you, who is your... Superstar of the Week! Thank you, Mike, for reminding me of that. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Uh, we will start with Dan. Um, I'll go with uh, a double hitter. I'll uh, I'll say uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor for their match at the pay-per-view. Fantastic. Mike? Alicia fucking Fox. Oh, nice. Fred. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to my boy, Seti Alexander. Very nice. Uh, I've got two as well. Mine, I'm going to say, one of mine I'm going to say is Brandon Baxter for tearing the fucking house down at the Memphis Legends Wrestling Show this weekend. He is, you know, he he's, it's so crazy that this dude has, he's having the best matches on cards with Bill Dundee, Jerry Lawler, and all these other Memphis wrestling legends, he is destroying these cards. Him and Derek King and Coach Mike Bellato and Randy Hales had the most fun match of that night. So I'm going to go with Brandon Baxter. And the other one... Uh, Bill Dundee. No, not, no, no not, not Bill Dundee. Not Bill Dundee. Um, hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Kurt Angle just because it was great seeing him back in the right. ring again. Even if he does walk out with the tough guy shield with a dorky <laughs> smile on his face. <laughs> so, folks, 
You've been listening to the Oversell Podcast.